Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Tuesday, October the 10th, 2023. It is the 27th Tuesday in Ordinary Time. And today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is, only, there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. Okay, why do I always think I'm a product of the 70s? And when I hear this reading, I think, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Anyway, I'm not going to say that again. Sorry. Um, These women are both saints. So Jesus is not saying, Martha, you're a bad person. Martha, you shouldn't serve me dinner. Martha, you know, you shouldn't be, uh, in general, living an active life. But he says you are anxious, you are worried about many things. Serving is important. We wouldn't have all these saints that did all this great work if the church were to say that serving was bad or serving was less than important. But rather, it's to highlight that Mary has chosen the better part. And what is Mary doing exactly? She's sitting beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him. So Mary is attentive to the Lord. Mary has given her heart to the Lord. There are those who believe that Mary, this Mary, and and it's in tradition that uh, a lot of people do believe this, that Mary is also Mary Magdalene. Uh, and it has to do with the fact that, well, first of all, we don't have a separate feast for Mary of Bethany. We have the Feast of St. Martha, which the Pope recently just renamed the Feast of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. However, officially speaking, there was no, uh, there was no feast for Mary and Lazarus. Traditionally speaking, it's just something that was added recently. So we had Martha, who is a patroness of, um, working women, essentially, and people who take care of the home and people who cook, people who serve. And then we have the Feast of Mary Magdalene. And then there are these readings where Jesus is anointed. Jesus has his feet washed with tears and dried with hair. And in one reading, it says Mary Magdalene. In another reading, it says it's a prostitute. And in another reading, it says it's Mary of Bethany. Well, Even if these are two different people, the fact is they both give us a great example of just being attentive to the Lord. We know Mary Magdalene was there at the cross. She was there at the empty tomb in the morning. She was there when he was still in the tomb. Mary Magdalene has a great love for Jesus and was attentive to him and followed him even when it was painful, even when she didn't fully understand what was going on. And Mary of Bethany is presented as one who is at Jesus' feet. She listens to him. She's attentive to him. She loves him. Now, this 
Reading has served as an analogy for many things over the years, such as the active life versus the contemplative life, such as um, living a regular human life versus living a religious vocation. And while there's, I'm sure, even other things, if I had done a little more research, I could have found some others. I'm sure we could find other analogies. The most important thing that I think Mary represents for us in choosing the better part, and this is so very, very important as we live our faith and as we promote the faith, Mary is attentive to the words of Jesus. In other words, Jesus comes first. This is why it's the better part. God is first, just like in the golden rule. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Jesus comes first and self-transformation comes first. Mary is growing. Mary is learning. Mary is transforming. And if she is Mary Magdalene, then we even more so know that to be the case. Overcoming demons, overcoming sins. So for ourselves, and this is where we, we get this wrong a lot. I think I talked recently about Pope Benedict writing a letter to American educators saying very simply, there's a threefold mission that you have as, as educators, religious educators. First of all, your own relationship with Jesus. Secondly, sharing that with others. And thirdly, I'm sorry, that was all wrapped up in the first part. Your own relationship with Jesus and wanting to share that. Secondly, knowledge about Jesus and knowledge about our faith that stems from that love in the first part. And then the third part is our activity, our ministry. In other words, ministry comes after. First of all, we love the Lord, we have a relationship with the Lord, and then we learn about the Lord. We get to know him better. Because without these things, it's not exactly ministry. It's something else. It's secular philanthropy. There are many people involved in church leadership, and I know this being very involved in parishes. People involved in parish leadership, people involved in diocesan leadership, they think it's all activism. They say, hey, look at us, look at what we're doing. We're raising money for this. We're serving people in that way. When in reality, there's no conversion. Some of these people don't go to church. Some of these people are living in publicly sinful lifestyles, which means really they need to not be in that office, but they don't understand it. They say, well, look, I'm doing good things. Look at the good things I'm doing. It's a bit Pelagian. And this is what many Protestants accuse Catholics of. And very often Catholics are guilty. Very often Protestants are guilty of this. Pelagianism is the idea that we get to heaven based on our works. Now, once again, we're not criticizing Martha because Martha's a saint. And you can be sure Martha sat at the feet of Jesus as well. But we're criticizing people in general who think it's just about the good works or people think the good works come first. When in reality, we can hold up Mary as the example, as the model. Mary has chosen the better part. And what is the better part? What is the best part? And that is to be at the feet of Jesus, to pray and to listen to him, to read his word in the scriptures, to spend time with him in adoration, 
to spend time with his mother. How, how do you learn more about a person than by talking to the person's mother? So we learn from Jesus. We love Jesus. We grow closer to Jesus. And then from there, it gives us the strength to go out and do our duty. I mentioned Mother Teresa. I think it was even yesterday, and I talk about it all the time. She wanted to do more work. So what did she do? What did the community do? They added more prayer time. That's how you do it. That's where you get the strength. That's where you get the impetus. But, you know, we could say this in the life of any saint. When you look at the lives of the saints, we can talk about the good work that they did. But like I said earlier, there's a lot of people that have done a lot of good work, and they're not saints. In the lives of the saints, if you truly look at their lives, and when the church has investigated these people and proclaimed first and foremost that they were men and women of virtue, what they mean by that is that they had a relationship with Jesus that was heroic. They had a relationship with Jesus that was number one in their lives. Nothing else meant even close to the importance of their relationship with Jesus. And then from there, he empowered them to do amazing things. I, for some reason, as I was reading about this, thinking about it, praying about it today, I was thinking of St. Isaac Jogues, whose feast day is coming up in the next two weeks. St. Isaac Jogues and the other Jesuit martyrs. Isaac Jogues came to America and ministered to the natives. If you read his journal, he talks about what the Lord's doing in his heart. He talks about his relationship with Jesus, his love for his priesthood, his love for evangelization, and his love for these people that tortured him. He wanted to go back to them after he had escaped to minister to them, to evangelize them. And there was a genuine holiness there. It's through his relationship with Jesus Christ, his being filled with grace, that he desired the greatest possible charity towards these people, even if it meant he would be martyred. And the Lord carried him through it. It wasn't about willpower. It wasn't about like, oh, I'm going to make a certain amount of money to leave to my kids or whatever. He didn't have kids. He was there as a Jesuit priest, as a missionary, to minister to these people because God Almighty put this love for them in his heart. God gave him the courage. God gave him the wisdom. And within a generation, many people were converted. And it had a lot to do with his sacrifice. He simply placed himself in the path that the Lord wanted him to be in. Very often martyrdom is the seed that's planted. The blood of the martyrs is the seed that waters the soil. I think there's a song in Les Mis that says that. The blood of the martyrs has watered the soil of France. So that's just one example of so many. When we read about the apostles and all the great things they did, it came first because they spent time with Jesus. They were at his feet. They loved him, and they were willing to go wherever he sent. Once he sent them the Holy Spirit to give them the strength that they needed to do this great work. Without the Holy Spirit, they wouldn't have been able to do it. Even though they loved Jesus intensely, um, that grace, that grace had to come first. So, ladies and gentlemen, personal conversion. You want to transform the world? And I forget, I think it was Mother Teresa that said this. She always used to emphasize, um, when, like when people asked her, how did you help so many people? She said, I didn't help so many. I helped one. So I don't know if she's the one that said this or if it was somebody else. But the best way to transform the world is to transform yourself. 
That's what we have to do first. We change the world around us through our prayer, our sacrifices, our good example, and we can't change anything if we haven't mastered ourselves first. If we haven't first become as holy as we can possibly become and continue to grow in that holiness, then the Lord can use us for his own purposes according to his will. So let us place our lives in the Lord's hands. Let us remain at his feet every day more and more, grow deeper in our union with Jesus and our love for him and our understanding of his words. I hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.